irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Power of Love Show, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to The Power of Love, sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Uh, We believe that through the power of love, that nothing is impossible with love on your side. I am T.J. Jackson, and with me I have, of course... I shouldn't say, of course, because no, we're not here all the time, but I have my two brothers, Taj and Terrell Jackson. What's oh, going on? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> uh, how you guys doing? We're good. Yeah, we're doing well. Doing well? Okay. Um, we are live on The Power of Love, so if you're listening to us right now, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are going to have Twitter open all show, um, and we're going to actually take some phone calls, so if you want to join in. Of course, on topic, but if you have a question, if you have a comment, um, you want to add to what we're talking about, please do so. You can do it two ways, by Twitter, at DDJ Foundation, or you can call in. And do we know the number to call in? Brothers. Yes. Who? Terrible. The number to call in yes. is 323-203-0815. I'll say that again. It's 323-203-0815. And this is a great topic we're, we're this is a something even though we're over 100 episodes um this is a topic that we haven't really touched on and it's very important to obviously us three but millions and millions and millions of people around the world really it should be important to everyone um before i get into the topic we have a disclaimer to do and i will just go ahead and do it we are not licensed therapists. We're just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it and we've learned from it. And we like to share our opinions and attempt to help you overcome whatever it is you're going through. Saying that, if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please don't just rely on us or our guests. Um, with that said, let's go straight into our weeks. Terrell, how was your week? Yes. Uh, my week was good. It was it was a little bit, um, it was good. I had a great week. Um, you know, we obviously had news regarding our, our family friends. So that was tough yeah. to hear regarding the Stromsborgs. Um, so I had that. And yesterday actually was, was a positive thing for me. I uh, I don't know if you even know this, but Chase Miller. Yes, I do know. I called him up yesterday for our baseball team. We were shorter players. So I called him up. So I had him, Adrian, and uh, our friend Ryan. Strasbourg, his son, were all playing on the same baseball team yesterday. So why this is impactful is because those three boys are different families, and those are the same families who we grew up on the same field, what, 30, 40 years ago. and all their parents were there, so it really made me feel like it was was really (laughs) strange because I had Eric and Susie and and Rich and everybody was there. Cool. Did you guys win? Yes, we won 12 to 1. Wow. Wow. Okay, cool. And Chase, who's not even on my team, called up. He had the big hits. No way. Yes. <laughs> he had like four or five RBIs. Look at wow. him. Ball. So. so, well, cool. Thanks yeah, for sharing cool. that. Yeah, it was cool. Taj, what's going on with you, man? How was your week? Everything's great. Um, just doing a lot of extra stuff, but I'm always excited about Taylor stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my daughter. Is, that's kind of kept me going with everything. How, how's your sleep, Taj? It's, it's what it is. It's not from Taylor, though, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah, Taylor's been actually really, you know, She's been solid. 
She's been a good girl. She's been cooperative. I think she knows what dad is going through. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think she senses that. She's giving uh, Hey. Yeah. Well, it doesn't shock me. Kids yeah. are kids are quite smart. Yeah. Um, okay, and, and my week was I think just the same as it always is. Wild with work and family and 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 that's and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um but we have two guests. And yes. I think we should dive right into Hold on it. before we do. Okay, yes. Um we never gave the Twitter. Yeah, I did. Nate Nate. I did, but go ahead, give it again. We'll have someone check on that. <laughs> it's uh, at, at, at DDJ Foundation. Foundation. Twitter, and again, for, for any of you listeners who are shy to call or don't like to hear your voice, please tweet us. Um, Taj you shouldn't is, be, though. Ta- you shouldn't be. We, on, we, yeah, we don't buy it. Right Taj is on Twitter now, checking any comments and, and, and any questions you have. All right. Here we go. Our guests are here. We have two great guests, um, both fathers. And I, I like to call them young fathers because I actually am still the father with the oldest children in the room. Um, even though I like to think, I don't know, one of you guys may be younger than me, but I like to think I'm still the youngest one in the room. But we have two fathers, two passionate fathers um, who are here from Real Dad Talk. And um, what I love about this, I think you guys, at least you know, Taj, um, they're doing what I wanted to do a couple of years ago and yeah. doing a, a, a father, father-based podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Real Dad Talk. It's on all the podcasts, you know, Apple, uh, Stitcher. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the others. That's the Tosh Stitcher is one, right? Great. So I, I may have screwed uh, that one up. I, I, but anyway, anyone, it, and if you don't listen to podcasts, do that because they're very, they're very informative. Um, but this one in particular, Real Dad Talk, is, is talking about fatherhood, not just parenthood, but fatherhood. And, and and I think it's so important in today's time because let's be honest, fathers don't get that same shine in, in the in the world of, of um parenting as, yeah. as moms I'm, do. I'm laughing because now this guy could be part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah just just a couple, couple months, months ago. ago yeah. to leave me See out. if we had this show a couple months ago, he wouldn't be able to participate. <laughs> you don't know the what same. you're talking yeah, so now now, so now yeah. he's talking like yeah, he's now got some contribute. experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and it's cool because we do actually hold all all spectrums. You got a newborn. Yeah. I got college level and Terrell's in between. So anyway, back to our guests. We have Chris B and Rob K from Real Dad Talk. How um, you guys doing out hey, there? Thank, so, you, thank so, you for having us. So good to hear from you guys, and thank you for joining us. Um, first of all, how are you guys? We're good. We're good. Uh, thankful that we're here today, and I'm listening to you guys talking about your experiences this week about fathers being a father and that's what real dad talk is all about mm. right it's a platform where fathers can actually get together and discuss parenting in an intelligent way uh this whole thing started for me about seven eight months ago i came home from work grabbed the mail with my older daughter she's two and a half and we sort through the mail and my wife subscribes to all these parenting magazines so leah tears through the cover of one of them, the plastic wrap, and she's sitting down, and I sat down next to her, and I'm flipping through the pages, and all the articles, all the advertisements were directed towards women as moms, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, where's the father's voice? Where's the father's opinion? And the reason why it's so important now, I think, is because fathers are more active in the child-rearing process. This isn't 30, 40, 50 years ago when we had the privilege and the liberty of having one parent, either the mom or the dad, staying home. And nowadays, you have to be a two-income household, Mm -hmm. primarily. And that 
makes me feel for the single parents out there. Absolutely. But the idea is to create a platform where dads can talk parenting and exchange their trials, tribulations, joys, and learn from one another because you have older mm-hmm. children. There's fathers out there that are about to have their son or daughter get married. Mm-hmm. And we want to hear from them and their experiences and what we can take from it. So that's that's us, and we're really happy to be here. I love it. I love it. You, we should also mention on realdadtalk.com, the website, that's a place where fathers can, and I love it because it's a very simple page, and from the page there's a submit box where you can pretty much write a question, a comment, um, anything to you guys for you guys to use and and bring out to the real world. Is that that That's exactly the purpose because we're trying to access and hear from fathers all over the world because I'm Armenian, for example. But a German or a Italian may have a different perspective on being a father. And guess what? I'll probably learn something from them. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what the community is about. The overall community, this dad-fatherhood community is about sharing all those experiences, sharing everything that you go through as a father every day. I love it. I love it. And um, did, you, did you have anything? No, no, I'm just going to... Okay. But, but yeah, this is a, this is a great... Um, just great platform for all this because us fathers need that and i'm sure you guys have had so many stories you know um sad happy that have touched you um is there anything that comes right off right off the bat in mind of something that you received? uh from rob you want to go i mean are we going through one of my stories again <laughs> if, <laughs> Let's hear if, if, if you hear that if you hear uh, the podcast the real dad talk podcast i used to talk about the stories Dude, they never end <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's i hear mean it. it's you know now with my kids i'm seeing a lot of these traits that come out you know that are a lot like me so um the other day my my daughter is arguing about something she doesn't want to do this or doesn't want i don't know she didn't want to i think she didn't want to do bath time she was like you know boycotting each other no no bath time no not gonna have it so she's trying to make a deal with me can we not do this and and i i took a step back i'm like taking a step back i'm like okay this is this is me this is me uh 25 years ago this is <laughs> or this is me I, whatever I, i'm i'm taking a step back i'm like okay I, I, how do i deal with myself you know rebuttaling myself so you know th- those moments like that are always like i always i'm like okay wow this is i'm talking to myself and rebuttaling myself and where I go from here, and she will not stop the fight. She will be like, persistent, like like I'm persistent. Yeah. So, do you find yourself reverting back to what your parent would have done, or what you kind of wish your parent would have done, or just something completely different in those situations? I always take it back to my parents. My uh-huh. parents, in I mean, I say it now. I don't want them to think that they're always they were always right, but they were always right most of the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. but I try to make a hybrid approach of, you know, also what in this day and age, the realistic thing is because it's not, you know, my parents' time anymore. It's, you know, this, you know, we have social media all over the place. Yeah. We have gaming uh, communities. So we can't be the same way that we were years ago. We have to understand that these kids are going to have interests that are much different than what we had, you know. Rob, that is, uh, to me, that is so important, you know, and that's something that I learned later as a father. I was a young father. So that's something, I think that's something that's crucial, I think any young fathers or any new fathers out there, you, you have to be careful because the world seems like it's moving faster and it's moving further away to how our childhood was. Yeah. So you can't necessarily think, you know, what would happen if, if, 
if I if this was you know was me you know yeah, your so solutions don't always your solutions your solutions and what your parents would have done may not imply in today's world so you do have to kind of be on your feet and 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 be more connected in a sense to to the the situ current situation take take the time with your children get to know your children you know that's what I always tell myself um, my wife is like Chris you come home at five the kids are gonna go to sleep at eight thirty. And here I am talking to Rob about what we're going to be doing on the next podcast. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're defeating the entire purpose. Mm. Get your butt inside, mm. read a book, have them yell at you, have them disagree <laughs> with you, right? But yeah. spend that time because at the end of the day, you want that child to trust you. Mm -hmm. And this is what I admire about this show. There is a power of love. And if you do share and embrace that affection, you're going to gain that child's confidence. Yes, sir. So when the time comes and they have a decision to make down the road, my parents gave me all the tools. I just didn't use them, mm -hmm. but I knew them. But if that child has a moment when they have to reflect and say, what's the better choice? And when they have a father that they didn't just argue with and are going to go against out of spite, mm -hmm. you have a child who will actually take your positive direction. So that's great. So as you guys know, and as my brothers know, of course, our show primarily deals with people who have to deal with loss, um, who are dealing with some type of grief or some type of setback. So I'm going to ask you guys as fathers, what do you feel the father role is? I don't even know if I should say father role. Just say what's the, should I say the parent role? Well, let, let's see if it differs, but what would you say the role is as a father slash parent in dealing with our children's losses or shortcomings or, or even setbacks? I think, I think the role is the same. The perspective is different. See, a mom is going to handle a situation in one way. A father is going to handle it in another way. And those different perspectives are based on their own personal experiences. We've been shortchanging our children, guys. Dads mm -hmm. out there, they've been missing out on what we have to offer because, you know, parenting was generally and stereotypically, unfortunately, poured onto the mom, right? And that's what we're doing here today talking. We're not talking about changing diapers. I can Google how to change a diaper. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about taking the time to learn your child, to study your child, to gain their confidence, and when you're talking about a loss, it reminded me of a story. It wasn't a loss, but it was a fear of a loss. Armenians play this game called backgammon, okay? And we're crazy <laughs> at it. We're psycho about it. And, you know, it's, there's real small dice, right? So my older one is playing with the dice. She likes to throw them onto the board as well. And I saw the dice into her hand, and I saw her hand move to her mouth. So I'm thinking this kid just swallowed a dice, right? <laughs> so I'm flipping her over like those lessons you learn like when you're about to become <laughs> a dad. I'm pounding on her back, and my brother's outside. He's like, Chris, what are you doing? My, father, my brother's a parent to older children. He's like, what are you doing? I go, freaking dice. I think it's in her mouth. He's like, Chris, she's coughing. If she's coughing, then there's no dice in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, but, you know, a loss, you know, my kids are too young. The only yeah. loss that I could say is when I have to watch my younger daughter cry because the older one stole something from her. Mm. And I have to take the time and say, hold on, Leah's playing with it right now. 
And when she's done, Nina, you can play with it. And you're trying to teach him how to think, mm. how to reason, and mm. how to understand, how to be patient, how to be open-minded. Uh, but that's, fortunately, that's the closest thing that I've had was a mm. fear that my child um, might be hurt. I love that. Rob, you got anything? I mean, loss, I have a different story, but it's, I mean, it's about a game. I mean, a yeah. basketball game. My son, every weekend, has either a basketball game, soccer game. And, uh, I mean, this is just something that I, I'm, I'm not good with. I hate losing uh, any sport. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of, the club. A lot of people <laughs> out there don't want to lose any sport. So my son will have a Saturday or Sunday game, and he will, he will you know, let's say he doesn't score the point or they, the team loses. He comes to me. He's like, Dad, we lost, you know, crying a little bit too. And I'm like, why are you so upset? You know, it's just a game. You know, I'm proud of you. Your mom's proud of you. Um, the team's proud of you. You played. You played the best defense I saw all day out there. And um, he's still, you know, teary-eyed. You know, this is, you know, I don't want to lose. We're the losers. You know, and it's very tough for me because, it's, of course, he's crying. You know, mm -hmm. and he's coming at you, and you, you have to inspire him. And it's just building him back up at that point. Just building him back up. You know, getting him back to the positivity, the positive zone. Hey, there's next week. There's another game. We're yeah. get, we're gonna go hit the courts later today. You're gonna have practice a couple times this week. We're gonna work on the problem areas or the problem areas that you or the shots you missed during the week. And hey, you're gonna get back in there. You know, this is not the end of the world. You know, and a lot of people uh, tend to take losses in, in a very tough way. And you know, I'll tell you, just this past week, I I lost uh, last Friday. I lost a great uncle of mine uh, mm -hmm. over in East Coast, and. Um, that's that's something that I think loss is always going to be in the back of your head, and when it comes out, it comes out. You know, when you think about it, it's going to come out. But it's about I was even if it's a loss at a basketball game or you know loss in life, just building back up, keeping positivity, and just knowing that you know praise that we're here every day. You know, we're on this earth and we're still making difference, still making changes. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of how uh, the children deal with things or how parents, guys, let me ask you this: Do you treat your son or your daughter differently when you're trying to help them work through a situation? I, I think in the past that answer would have been yes for me. And I, I right. hate that it had to be yes. I think I've learned over the years to try to focus on different things. Like when I was hearing um, Rob speak, my kids play a lot of sports. It's just Terrell's. Um, and mine, my girls play tennis, which is even harder on the kids because there's no teammate to dilute the loss or no coach to dilute it it's really just one-on-one -on -one. um and the two things that i love what rob said was first is is to you know that that sense of gratitude has really helped so i'm i'm literally from the time they they can speak i'm pushing gratitude on them now so they can keep things in perspective and realize how fortunate and blessed they are that's number one and then number two i, I try to focus on effort i i tell them and it's hard still because, you know, we're a society of winning and losing, you know. But I try to put as much effort I can into our kids to, to focus on, did you try your best? Then I then don't care about it. Everything will work out how it's supposed to. The only thing you can control is your effort. And if you give 100%, then, then you won. You know, so that that's that's how I have now, for regardless of boy, girl, I'm, I'm strong on those two things. And I like that because... What's happening is dads are braiding their daughter's hairs now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Dads are no longer, or I think they've evolved to where they don't have to take that 
stereotypical hmm. male, you know, yeah. hard mentality, uh, hard line disciplinary, you know, take the time to appreciate all characteristics, all personalities, because even though you may not be the one who talks about love, who talks about empathy, how children will cry, you know, those are things that normally went to the mom to mm -hmm. handle, right? But I want to raise, I, I don't have a son, and Armin, I'm talking to you, I would love another son, another <laughs> child. Boy. I love it. But, um, you know, the, the boy versus girl now has come a little bit closer together in the sense that girls aren't expected to behave in a certain way. Now, there's fathers out there that are embracing that and that are developing that in their daughters. Then there's girls out there who are being raised as the girl who shouldn't speak up, who should be more humble and should do this and should do that. Well, guess what? That girl who's been raised more well-rounded is the one who's going to be taking advantage of and bullying that girl who's more soft-spoken, mm. right? So if we can take the time to show all of our assets as an individual, then I think we're working towards raising more well-rounded children. That's great. That's great. Um, you guys recently, one of your shows you've done on the podcast was on bullying. Yes. What, what was the biggest takeaway you think from that? Or what, what would you share to our listeners? Uh, just anything, you know, anything you want regarding that topic. Yeah. Rob, I mean, we went, such important topic. We I mean, went out on that one. Yeah. I, mean, I started that show with Rob. Were you the bullying one or were you the one being bullied? <laughs> and what was that answer? I mean, I, I was bullied. I was bullied. Okay. I mean, uh, when I was in elementary school, I was, I was definitely bullied. Um, I mean, not all the time, but, you know, as the, you know, maybe some something I was wearing or my weird hair or whatever, <laughs> whatever happened. Yeah, maybe it was the Yankee hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, later on in life, you know, growth spirit, whatever happened. So it didn't happen as much, but I saw a lot in high school. And there would be times I stood up for the stood up for the underdog, you know. And there, but it goes much deeper than that, Chris. We, we I was there's a, say, about emotional emotional bullying too. There's emotional bullying. There's mental bullying. Yeah. But again, guys, I, I could be wrong, and I want to hear from you. It goes back to I believe our parenting skills, mm. right? Mm. Because if I'm going to be hard on my kids all the time, and I'm not praising them, and they're becoming cold inside, then guess what? If someone gives them a hard time at school or on the park. This is their chance to deflect and reflect that back on someone else. Think about it. We do it as adults, right? I might get into an argument with Rob and then go home, but because of my issue with Rob, I might snap at my wife, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So how is that different from your child-raising experience? It's actually more harmful because my wife is just going to be like, okay, Chris, you're you like need, off you right now. Yeah. Right. But that kid, it doesn't know better. Yeah. It's going to hold on to it. But there's two, there's two things they see. If they see the bullying happen or if they're bullied, they're going to see either as a negative way, like, I don't want this ever happening to me. Or right. they're going to think, hey, I could be doing the same thing. If I have the size this, or whatever, or whatever mm -hmm. the power, I'm going to bully. I'm going to get my way. So I think at the end of the day, it's the parents. It's the, the parents are the driver of, hey, you know, either you're going to steer the way of bullying or you're going to come out and be empathetic and bad for the people that are getting bullied and step in and stop the bullying from happening. I mean, 
now, like I said, social media is so big. Uh, even the gaming communities, it's so big. And there's a lot of bullying going on, and it's not being addressed. And there are a lot of misfortunate things that happen. You hear in the news, or you don't hear a lot about it, but um, bullying is getting even worse than it was before. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But how would you, and guys, how do, would you educate your children about bullying? Well, I, I, for me, I think Rob says it right, where it's getting more and more pervasive. It's on social media. It's on gaming. It's, it's everywhere now. 20, 30 years ago, it was really a school problem or a sports team problem after school, you know? Right. But once you got home, you were pretty much safe from that. Now they go home and they're on their social media or they're on the gaming and it just continues. So now it's such an important topic because it, it changes how their minds are being formed and how they're seeing themselves and also seeing the world that as parents, we have to have those discussions with our kids. So what safeguards does your family implement to minimize the extent of that online bullying that the, people might experience, kids might experience? I think our, our situation is a bit different because us being Jacksons, right. it's like kind of a built-in thing from the beginning to be prepared sure. to have thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. a little bit different. But your kids, the kids aren't Oh, no, they, that, they still are. Right? They yeah, still they are. are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the teachers in the schools know who's, you know, so from the beginning, we're always on our kids about be ready, be strong. Don't worry about what people say. Um, have thick skin. You're very much loved. We're here to support you. And this is just part of it. However, for every, you know, the normal answer that the one thing I've I've implemented on my kids that I think has been great besides the gratitude and besides all that, because, again, it's also how your your child is temperament of your child. But martial arts, that's mm-hmm. something that's been so beneficial for my um, my eight-year-old. You know, she, she was getting bullied, and she's such a sweetheart. She's got the biggest heart. that, And she's still, like, one of the strongest kids and girls, but she just doesn't want to hurt anyone. So it's like she's not going to engage or t- defend it. herself. But martial arts has really changed her life. It's, it's really given her that confidence to, to not care. And I don't know if it's the combination of her physically getting stronger and tougher and that results to mental strength too in addition to a strong sensei a strong teacher who's preparing them because kids will hear it from their parents and of course you know that's our job but also when you hear it from a second source or a third source and a fourth source that is not your parents it, it just it just you know supplements and really strengthens that message of how to handle it so I th- I think, you know, f- that's the one quick answer that I would suggest is is a solid martial arts. I, I saw my daughter go from, you know, crying to to basically <laughs> smiling and, you know, just from from within a month. That's awesome. And she's on a roll, you know, and her confidence is sky high, you know. So that's one thing that's been effective for us. And of course, you got to find a good one. You know, you can't just go to anywhere. And but that kind of that, that's been helpful. I, I think for me, um Wait, you have a two, a three month old. What no, do you know? but in ter- <laughs> just messing with you, Tosh. No, no. Talk to me, baby. Um, I think it does have to do with kind of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. As, as um, they pr- it's like for me, I didn't do the bullying. I was definitely one that sympathized with the people that were bullied, but I also realized even at a young age that there was something about these kids that were bullying that they probably at home had problems yes. and they were 
using they were kind of lashing out on the kids because they were either picked on or they you know i knew that at a young age i don't know how i knew that but i didn't sympathize with them but i actually understood them in a way like there's something missing in their life which is why they're doing this and i would tell the people that were bullying like this is not about you this is about them and um i was friends with a lot of people that got bullied i i was and it, it, I just was. I sympathized with them because it's like the worst thing to see is someone get picked on and, and you know, treated that way. So I don't know. I, I think my mom raised me very well in that way to empathize with people that are need that. And to let them know that everybody's different. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. If you can let your child That's a great point. understand that you're unique in who you are, right? And I'm not talking participation trophy yeah. type status. I'm saying you have your own personality that's going to be developed by the character that we try, character traits that we try to instill in you. And if that child has the foresight to recognize that everyone's different, then the behavior that they see, whether it's being directed towards them when they are going to potentially become the victim of bullying versus saying, okay, that's who he is. I don't got time for you. Right. And if they have that ability inside, then they don't feel the need to do the bullying. You've raised via Mm -hmm. martial arts. You've raised confident, secure individuals. And this is what I was going to ask you, T. You think society as a whole has become more selfish? I I do. I do. I I think... um... I do. I think we're so, you know, I think social media plays a big role in that. And I, I think we're so into likes and seeing ourselves and we present ourselves. Um, and, and it's, and I'm sure there's other factors that are escaping my mind, but I, I think we've become more caring about our own self more than others. I think as a, as a parent, we still obviously love our family and love our kids tremendously more than anything. But at the same time, those kind of subtle little time periods are more spent on what we want to spend it on. Which I was talking about when I come home and I'm worried about doing something else. The reason why I brought up selfishness is if society as a whole is more selfish, society has fathers, right? Then as a father, you're more selfish, right? Mm. People say children aren't the children they used to be, right? It's the parents, like I said, we're not investing the time in our children and it will just continue deteriorating. Mm. People don't hold the door open anymore. They don't say thank you when the door was held for them. Take the time, spend the time to teach those beautiful, beautiful moral characteristical traits that could just make him a better human being. And it is to add to that. We had, um, some teachers and some people from the, the LAUSD, that's right, LAUSD, um, maybe a month or two ago on our show during the strike. And they were mentioning how it, two things. Number one, it's getting so test score driven that they're not able to spend the time on those kind of character and, and, and development. And development. And number two is when they do, it's, it's quick for them to get in trouble because they're exposing themselves. Oh, yeah, we're litigious. We're it's just litigious society. And, you know, why didn't you give my child the B? 
Well, because it didn't earn the beat, right? <laughs> and number three, um, it, they don't have the the firepower. They don't have enough personnel and faculty. They're losing, you know, guidance or counseling. They're they're nurses. losing a lot of nurses. Um, they were saying how they have to be the ones who are being nurses, and they didn't go to school to nurse, right. you know. Yeah. So they're they're going on a fly. So it's like I think our society, at least for here in the states, I think our priorities have shifted to be so result orientated instead of being developmental and and behavior exactly. and character development. Exactly. And and unfortunately it's it's scary because I don't see that change really being, you know, I don't see it reverting back to what it should be. We're such a result driven world. We need world. to do that. And that's and what that's, real dad talk I love is that. about. You I know, love we it. wanna we wanna get dads to come in, talk to us, share their thoughts and let us learn from you. And I've learned a lot from you today. Hmm. Well, thank you. My brothers say that every day. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I love what you guys do. And, and I commend you um, on your journey. And um, I think it's just brilliant. And like thank I said you. from the beginning, it's something that's missing. Um, and it's needed in our world. Let me ask you this. For, for any... By the way, our callers aren't calling like they usually well, do. Maybe have, they're... I'm, we do have Twitter. Okay, Taj. Oh, Charles, do Charles, your Twitter. Let Charles look at Twitter. There's, there's a lot to discuss on this. Okay, this let me do my topic. Twitter. Go ahead. <laughs> Go do your Twitter. Okay. Marlene wants to know, um, what I see uh, around me is so many friends, when they are separated, um, most of the fathers abandon their children, no longer take care of them, and no longer invest in education. How do you explain it as men and fathers? Like, when, you know, so... Basically, when mm-hmm. it's the absent father, yeah, yeah, and w- w- like what I mean, I have my thoughts about that in, in that way. I, I think it's completely completely wrong, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, th- I think that's not being a a parent or a man, you know, in that way. Yeah, and we're one of our future uh, guests on our show is a is a uh, licensed family therapist, and I think unfortunately it's going to have to be the mom who's going to nudge the dad to become more involved. And I'm not saying get him more involved just to come and say hi. It's actually to go do an activity with the child. And an absent father may have a lot of reasons for being absent. They may have their own personal issues. It might be monetary problems. It might be addiction problems. That person needs to get themselves Mm. fixed. I don't know of any father who doesn't want to be a part of their child's life unless they're scared or they don't think they're going to do a good job. So to, to the person who's, who's asking the question, I would want to know whether or not that individual does have problems like that and have them seek help to better themselves first because you can't do good to others until you're good yourself. And I'm far from that, okay? I'm not talking from a high horse, but I have to recognize that I have my shortcomings, I have my, you know, better qualities, and we're all that way. And if we recognize that, then we know how we could be helpful to one another. I think that's brilliant. And and to add to that, you know, assuming the absentee father, you know, a lot of times when people need help, they don't want to believe they need help. There's like an ego issue that they don't don't want to be lowered to that level 
as if it's a negative thing because our world has painted people who need help as weak, you know? Um, in, in reality, people who seek help are, to me, the stronger ones. And I just think it's important for not only absentee fathers, but everyone to remember that an ego is, a strong ego is also an enemy. Correct. To, to be humble to yourself and to take advice um, because I can only imagine this situation where a mom will say, listen, you, you may need help. That's probably not going to go so well. So just if it's reversed, be receptive of that and, and be be willing to, to help yourself. We have a phone call, so we're going to take it. Um, who do we have on the line with us? Yeah, how are you doing? Is this Toria? Yes. How are you, Toria? Yeah. Um, do you hear me? We can hear you just fine now. How are you? Oh, okay. I'm great. Thank you. What about you guys? Uh, we're doing good. We're just with Crispy and Rob K from Real Real Dad Talk. So, so let us know what what do you have for us? You have a comment, a question? What do you got? Yes, I have two questions actually for your guest. So, just to have a male point of view on parenting. So, the first question is: um, Do you guys think raising a girl is uh, different from raising a boy for fathers? Because you know, I remember my ex. Um, when we found out uh, I was pregnant, he was saying, like, um, if it's a girl, I will not let her do this or do that. Uh, because I know how boys or men think, and there's no chance I let her experience this. So, you know, like, he, he will be extra cautious and more strict on her. I, I would like to answer this question. I, this is Rob here. And uh, I have a boy and a girl, so I definitely can relate to this. And... Uh, I definitely see the perspective of um, what he's saying, you know, because uh, before I had a daughter um, or, be or before I had a son, you know, I always um, kind of raised around that mentality that, you know, when I have a daughter, she's not going to be able to date <laughs> until 21. Yeah. If I have a son, maybe he'll, he could Still date. Still that it. way. It's <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one, one, once I had my, my daughter and son, I mean, I, I hold them on the same level. I mean, they, I, I can't let one get get away with something and the other one not get away with it. Uh, even though my daughter always, yeah. you know, looks at me with her eyes and tries to, you know, daddy's girl, trying to be like, get away uh, get away with something she's doing. Um, I always treat them this equally. And even though, yeah, there is always that, um, I guess, what do you call it, cultural thing or um, that sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, hey, the, the boy is allowed to do this because he's a boy and the girl's not allowed to do yeah. this because she's a girl. I mean... For me, for raising my my two children, it's they're equals. Uh, there's no difference between the two. Great. Okay. Cool. Uh, I have two girls. One's two and a half. One's one and a half. And I kept telling my wife when she was pregnant, I said, "I want a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl." She's like, "Chris, what if it's a boy? You're gonna love this child." <laughs> I said, "No." So she ends up telling me it's a girl. You know, sweats. You know, wipes the sweat off of her forehead. And the second one was a girl again. Um, for me personally. Uh, I'm a very affectionate and sensitive person. Um, I can also be extremely upset. The passion runs both ways. So mm -hmm. I actually wanted girls because I felt it would force that soft side to yeah. come out. Interesting. Uh, because I, I didn't picture myself being as aggressive with girls. Um, but to say... To say that I have a preference of one over the other, I think it's an insecurity that he may have had because he's only thinking that I'm going to be able to raise one 
gender, mm. let's call it male, female for purposes of gender, but if his whole experience in life from his parents has been that moms, uh, excuse me, that dads treat their daughters one way and dads treat their sons the other way, that's something that's yeah. just going to have to uh, erode. We're going to have to get rid of it. And it's going to start with the fathers that we have around these tables today. Mm. Um, but how is, is he involved in the children's lives now? Toria? Did we lose you? Toria? Oh, yeah, we lost. She's her. gone. We lost her. Yeah. And, and you I'd know, be curious to see how old those kids are and if he's still treating them the same way he initially was when they found out she was pregnant. And it's interesting, though, because to add, Chris, I, I think my brothers would agree. We all had a, we, we were three boys. We didn't have any sisters. Um, and let's be honest, I think for most of us, our friends, it was the sisters that gave a lot of problems, at least t- the teenage there. For, for me, it was. So challenges. I was, I, the challenges. So I was afraid to have a daughter, you know, because mm. of, of what I saw as a youngster, you know, and, and all the ish, the challenges. That's the right word, Terrell. All the challenges <laughs> yeah, girls safe word. often brought, at least in my circle. You know, I don't think it's fair to say for everyone, but in my circle. With that said, though, my, and I've said this, I don't know if I've said it on this show, so far it's been primarily my girls that have been easier than the boys you know what i mean and um for the most part mm-hmm. um but it, it's it's just interesting because i think I, I agree with you rob we we can't as much as we we have to try as hard as we can to make sure it's equal and even and, and give everyone the same type of love and respect and, and rules rob, easier said than done but right who do you think listens to you more your daughter or your son it really depends on what it is yeah. because there may be some things where I tell my daughter, like, please help me with this. And she's the helper. She could help. But when I tell her do this, like, she won't do it. But my son, helping wise, he won't help. But when it comes to something like a life lesson, school, teaching him a chess move, something like that, he will listen to me on, on those points. So they listen at their different points in time, what's relevant to them or <laughs> yeah. what's good for them. Yeah, I think it comes a lot. Um, a lot of it comes down to just being comfortable and obviously if you're a boy having a boy you can automatically relate you you know let's obviously there's no manual for parenting or for fatherhood and it as exciting as it is it's also scary because they're depending on you and you know that so i think um naturally just me being a male there's things that i know about being a male so it's easier for me or at least I feel it should be because I've been through it so I can relate. As far as having a, a girl, a daughter, those are things not that I can't learn, but I, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. It's not second nature. So I have to learn. And, and obviously I can, but it's just a different approach. It's, it's your first time going through it. Um, but as far as parenting, I wanted to ask you earlier, this, this is what I wanted to bring up. Um, there's so many layers. Men... I feel raise their children differently than women. You know, there's a different type of, you know, for instance, getting someone ready for bed. I think the father would do it differently than the mother. Yeah. We have less patience. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And, and you know, for, for like someone like me, it's like, it's time to get ready for bed, get in the shower and, you know, brush your teeth, get in bed. I don't feel I have to stand there and watch them and be on them as much. And maybe that's something how I was raised, you know, as maybe someone else would do it, a woman would do it differently. So I think, do you guys ever see, or, or does anyone ever bring that up, how 
the difference of being a male, female, and raising their children. Didn't we talk about sleep training? Yeah, sleep training. On one of the episodes? <laughs> yeah, we talked about sleep training. Because uh, we handle things differently. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know? And that's, that's, that's where uh, it gets a little different. Like, my wife has certain ways of sleep training with my son and my daughter. I had different ways. And, you know, I was the one that would, you know, lie by their side for about an hour, hour and a half until <laughs> I fell asleep. And then, <laughs> and then that was my sleep training. My wife was like, no, you tell them good night, you kiss them on the head, and they're going to go to sleep. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't work for me. You know? <laughs> so I, you know, I'm the one laying right next to them until I fall asleep as well. So I, I they def- both I, work. I, you know? I, I agree with you. There's, there's two different ways. I mean, I, th- I think that may be more related to upbringing than gender, though. I just think mm-hmm. men. I, but I think men are just different well, because of just, the way. He was just saying he lays with, you know, until yeah, they fall asleep. So yeah, so certain things, certain yeah. things, but. I think I think it I think it often like I said comes down to what we experienced and you got to remember you know a hundred years ago it was completely different the man was I'll, I'll give you a perfect example coaching on the baseball field if there's a ground ball and it hits a, your son's shin and he's crying it's like I know that didn't really hurt as well, much as he's making okay. it whereas the mother may think like you know we need it's to call the the, like the, the ambulance, ambulance. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like no I've been through that I know what that's like get up and let's work <laughs> because like, you went through it yeah because you're experienced but it's baseball yeah you know well, oh sorry go ahead. go ahead I was gonna switch directions because okay. this is one that I wanted to talk about um and I, I wasn't gonna leave with this when we were talking about absent fathers mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost certain that you've been approached with this at some point there's there's a lot of fathers out there a lot of dads out there that want to be involved but for whatever reasons you know they're they're kept away from their children um talking about dads i'm sure you've come across something like this what would you say to something like that call an attorney um and i mean that because a lot of fathers are I don't want to say intimidated, but because they get insecure and think that they're not going to do as good of a job as a mom may, they don't take the eff- they don't make the effort to get that custodial time with the child. And it doesn't have to be 50-50 right off the bat, you know? Go first of all, file your paternity case, mm-hmm. right? If it's not during marriage, right? Try to get some paternity established. Right, and I'm not a licensed attorney. I'm not giving any legal advice, but there are resources out there where you can utilize the law to become more involved. Because, like you said, they don't know. Our court system have self-help centers, and we will have divorce attorneys on the show that can specifically talk about this, where the dad can become more involved without that stigma of oh, I'm just the dad, or the theory that. Um, courts are more in favor of moms you're a parent yeah and, and to add to that chris is we have to remember as parents um you know the benefit of having both parents involved um so you know i understand there's there's personal issues between relationships but you have to somewhat if, if there's a, as a if there's a breakup or a separation you have to respect the fact that for your child provided the person is a healthy, willing, and wanting father or or mother, you have to respect and put your issues aside that that child needs. And that's hard. But but it's so important for the benefit of your child. Like I said, whatever issues you may have with that other parent, um, your former spouse, former boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, 
you have to find a way to separate that from the importance of them being there for their child, provided they're healthy and and a good influence. You know. Well, yeah, and this is (laughs) and this is something that I wanted to talk to you about um, on a future one: parenting styles, Mm. right? Uh, The parenting style is definitely going to be different because it's based on your own experiences, Mm -hmm. right? Now, let's make it tenfold more complicated and have it in a divorced Mm. setting. So now you got a mom or a dad or a dad and a dad or a mom and a mom, right, who are exchanging the children at the visits, right? You don't want your child to do, I don't know, you don't... you want her to focus on uh, keeping her clothes neat, clean, put things in their place, right? I have a thing with shoes. When my kids get home, literally my two-and-a-half-year-old, I have her take her shoes off, and she puts it in the closet. So let's say you have one parent who's a firm believer in disciplining your child within, with regard to this, and the other one doesn't have that same right. outlook. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're constantly you're fighting harder now because now that parent is in your mind getting in the way of you raising your child the way you think it should be raised. Mm. And on that note, when it comes to divorced parents or separated boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it is, you really have to understand that it is about the child. And you cannot impress what you feel should be done in a way that discounts or negates what the other parent is doing because at the end of the day they're still a parent as well you know right. yeah. so you got to understand this this child is growing up it's going to start understanding things mm-hmm. it's going to be able to yeah. start communicating opinions and those opinions are going to come back to the dads dad why would you do this and then we got to actually think yeah. and respond in a productive way i think it's a matter of knowing your role and your role is in the best interest of that child and that's your focus we have to wrap up the show but i i can't thank you guys enough for being on here mm-hmm. thank, um, for having thank us. you crispy yeah. rob k thank you um from real dad talk everybody the website is real dad real dad talk.com check out the podcast um i, I love these guys because they're passionate fathers and and their voices need to be heard more um you can go to instagram and twitter it's at the real dad talk um, so for those two sites, it's the real dad talk. Everything else is just real dad talk. But again, thank you guys for joining and yeah. educating our listeners on, on fatherhood. Thank, yeah, you guys. thank you guys. That's great. Todd, show anything you guys want to say before we go? Oh, no, just, uh, I think he covered it all with the, the, <coughs> Ooh, sorry. It's all good. With the, um, it's all about the children. Yeah. Your kids and, and it's tough with two sets of rules, you know, and you, you need to be on the same page and, and put the children first. So love I it. think that's yeah. the, the best message. From put me. the children first. All right, everyone. We love you all. Um, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you guys next week, next Wednesday. Adios. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the power of love. We are here to provide hope resources and a community. So no one feels alone in their grief support for our power of love radio show comes from a variety of generous donors including supporters from institutions, individuals, and corporations through the D.D. Jackson Foundation. D.D.J.F. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization.